Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. This case was really surreal to cover because it's so recent. This is the case of Gretchen Anthony. This story begins in March of 2020, which wasn't that long ago. As always, let's jump back to that time period, even though we just lived through it. March of 2020 was hard on a lot of people. We were learning of this new virus that there was no vaccination for. People are dying. We didn't know the origin. There was a lot of uncertainty, and we were all so confused. We're being told to wash our hands more. Suddenly, people are going out in public with masks on. It reminded me of something out of a movie. Our kids are being pulled out of school. Restaurants and movie theaters are closing up. We're being told not to leave our house except for necessities. We assume it's only going to be for a couple weeks, but weeks turned into months. People are losing their jobs. People are scrambling to get their unemployment. Life was hard. It was definitely like the world just got sucker punched. I remember having one or two friends that got diagnosed, and now it seems like most people have had it or know people who have had it. Somehow or another, no one in my household has had COVID-19. Not that we know of, at least. It's really strange, too, because like we've both been working and stuff. So um, just, yeah, um, we're definitely thankful for that. This story takes place in Jupiter, Florida. I thought Jupiter, Florida sounded familiar to me. Then I remembered it was the location where season three of American Horror Story took place. You guys remember the circus season? Well, that was based in Jupiter, Florida. A lot of my sources for this podcast come from the show 48 Hours. I actually didn't watch the show, but I listened to the audio. I also got a lot of information from an article by Miami New Times. Gretchen Anthony was a 51-year-old woman. She was a single mom to a 12-year-old daughter who she just adored. You guys know I like to look up my subject's Facebook pages. Well, I found Gretchen, and there's photos of her daughter and her together. You can tell they're really close. Everything Gretchen did was for her daughter. She was the highlight of her life. She had been married to her daughter's father for years. They divorced and shared custody of the 12-year-old girl. They were like co-parents. They got along and each did their part to keep the girl's life as normal as possible. Gretchen was full of life. She enjoyed going places, meeting people, and she spent a lot of time at the gym. She worked out constantly. One day, she meets a man who works at the gym that she goes to. His name is David Anthony. David is younger than Gretchen. He's her new trainer at the gym, and the guy is really tall. He's like six foot seven. David likes kayaking, hiking, working out, and enjoyed deep sea fishing. That's him in the picture in the middle of your screen with Gretchen. They get to chatting and arrange a date. Eventually, these two would go on to be married in 2015 by an Elvis impersonator in Las Vegas. Things seemed to be okay, and everyone said from the outside their marriage seemed great. Gretchen's daughter really liked him, too, and referred to him as her bonus dad. But in 2019, things began to fall apart, and Gretchen makes him leave the home, and he has to move in with his mother. He also, around this time, lost his job at the gym he worked at for years. He had a lot of outbursts and was known to be really hot-headed, and I think that's what it had to do with. 
Then the pandemic hits, and David sees it as like the end of times. He thinks it's some kind of Armageddon or whatever. Do you guys remember in January of 2020 when Kobe Bryant and his daughter died in that helicopter accident? David was devastated. Kobe Bryant was his hero, and he even named his dog Kobe after him. David has multiple meltdowns at the gym, including during fitness classes that he was teaching. He got hysterical and starts wailing and crying about Kobe Bryant in front of his class he was teaching soon after he was fired from the gym. That's one reason Gretchen could no longer be married to him. She wasn't equipped to be able to handle these kind of outbursts. He won't get help or do anything to improve his quality of life. She told friends that he scared her, and sometimes she kept a knife under her pillow in case he tried anything. In February of 2020, Gretchen files for divorce. Meanwhile, Gretchen seems to be doing great and she's moving on. She's single now. And from what I can tell from her Facebook page, she was worried like all of us were with the coronavirus situation. She's joking about lack of toilet paper and posting memes. She said she just finished Game of Thrones and she was asking for TV recommendations. Suddenly on March 19th, 2020, her daily posting stops. No more memes, no more reminders to her friends to wash their hands. Her Facebook page goes dark. Gretchen's friends receive a text message from her that reads the following. Tested positive for the coronavirus early this morning. That's the bad news. But I'm at a CDC slash coronavirus treatment facility that only handles COVID cases. The good news is that my blood type has potential to be used in the cure. Not sure if you remember me saying that I have a strain of mad cow disease in my blood. Well, that strain is significant in gathering more answers to find a cure. For safety purposes, Dr. Sinclair and her team are strongly recommending that I maintain contact with immediate family members only. I'm using my mom. Her friends are obviously shaken. At the time, a lot of us didn't know somebody firsthand that had it. You guys remember back to the first person you know to have COVID? Well, this was that moment for them. A few friends try to call her and she doesn't answer. It goes straight to voicemail. They only receive text messages. This was the first alarm to them. In another text message, Gretchen said she had gone to the ER and passed out in the hospital after recording a 102-degree fever and low oxygen levels. Because of her increasingly dire medical condition, she said, she was being transferred to an off-site location in Belle Glade, run by the federal government. That facility is an hour away from Jupiter. Gretchen's ex-husband, Jeff, who was her daughter's father, received a text from her that said she was going to be placed in a medically induced coma for two weeks so she would be unreachable. Well, Jeff was married to Gretchen a long time. He knows her texts and her speech pattern. He isn't buying these text messages. There's way too many abbreviations, and it just doesn't sound like her. Something was off about the way she was talking in these messages. A friend calls this hospital that she supposedly was at, and they say they don't have a patient there by that name. They ask if she was there previously and has now been released. They are told the last time she had a visit to that hospital was in 2008. They also find out there is no government CDC location in Belle Glade. Meanwhile, Jeff, her daughter's father, 
goes to the facility where Gretchen is claiming she is being held on a ventilator, and there he spots her Mini Cooper sitting in the parking lot. So he's obviously relieved, and he thinks, well, maybe she's just in there, and she's just not been recorded as being in there yet. Then he peers into the window of the car, and he sees her purse sitting on the seat. She would not leave her purse just sitting there. Something is very wrong. I don't know if it was one of her friends or her ex-husband, Jeff, but someone informs the police they believe something has happened to Gretchen and she's not really dying of COVID-19 in the hospital. Someone is taking advantage of the COVID-19 pandemic and using it as a cover-up to something else. They also, they know that she has this unstable ex-husband that she just separated from and they are fearing the worst. The police go to her house, and there they find bloodied towels in the dryer. They found a picture frame shattered at the top of the steps. They find blood droplets on a comforter in the master bedroom. The garage smelled overwhelmingly like bleach and chemicals. It's obvious a struggle took place here throughout the house. Gretchen was fighting back whoever did this to her. Well, a neighbor flags down one of the police officers while they're there. She's crying and she says, look, I heard something the other morning really early and I didn't call the police because I just felt it wasn't my business and didn't want to cause trouble. They asked her what she heard and she said she heard a woman screaming at the top of her lungs, get off of me, stop, that hurts and someone please help me. She said the screams lasted for 15 minutes. Word of advice here, if you hear someone screaming, help me, do something, anything, don't just mind your business. This woman has to live with this every day that she chose not to call the police. A neighbor also noted that they saw soapy foam coming from under the garage door and rolling down the driveway, kind of like if you were washing your car inside the garage with the door closed. Somebody was doing some heavy-duty cleaning inside that garage. They check the security cameras at the hospital where Gretchen's Mini Cooper was parked, and they see someone park the car and get out and walk away from the hospital. They can't make out the person, but they can tell whoever this is, is extremely tall. The police don't have a body. So at this point, even with all the evidence, they just consider her a missing person. Without a body, there's a chance she got away and she's alive somewhere. Someone close to Gretchen told police they may have a way to figure out what happened. One night recently, David had shown up to Gretchen's house and made a scene outside. Gretchen was so afraid of David coming back that she installed security cameras in her home. The police noticed there wasn't any when they were there, and that is because someone removed them. They get a court order and go to the security company that manages these cameras, and they are in luck. Even though the cameras were removed, everything on them is uploaded into the cloud. They can give the police videos, but it's going to take a few days or up to a week. One thing I want you guys to keep in mind is that all of this is taking place during the heart of the pandemic. People are preoccupied with a lot of other things right now. We are witnessing things that we've never had to deal with before. States are shutting down. Businesses are shutting down. People are staying in their homes. Again, someone is taking advantage of the pandemic and using it as a perfect opportunity for a crime. 
The police go to David's house to question him, and they're met at the door by David's elderly mother. They asked her if she knows where Gretchen is. She says, well, Gretchen texted me this morning and told me she's in the hospital with that new virus. They ask her where David is, and she tells them the worst thing that they can possibly hear, and that is that David left in his truck a couple days ago with his dog, Kobe, and he's on his way to Costa Rica to start a new life. The investigators know they have little time to work with here. David is a couple days ahead of them, and they have to work quick. A be on the lookout is issued for his black truck. All they want is to do is talk to him and more importantly find Gretchen. They track his cell phone and Gretchen's cell phone and notice they are in the same location and running parallel with each other. David is located 2,000 miles away in New Mexico. The police in Jupiter, Florida get a hold of the police in New Mexico and explain to them the situation. The Jupiter police explain they are on their way to New Mexico, but you guys try to hold him. Find any little thing you can charge him with. I don't care if it's jaywalking, but hold him. David is found by these police officers. He has his dog, Kobe, with him. They immediately ask where Gretchen is. He tells them Gretchen is alive. She just doesn't want to talk to investigators. She's sick and she's in the hospital, but she's fine. They aren't believing a word he is saying. In his truck, they found all of the security cameras that were dismantled and taken out of Gretchen's house. They also found his cell phone in the truck and Gretchen's cell phone. Unfortunately, you guys know by now how these things go. The police are able to impound his truck, but with no other evidence, David is free to go. He walks out and that's it. Meanwhile, these Jupiter police finally get the surveillance footage from inside the house. And this is hard to talk about, major trigger warning. The footage shows a very tall man awaiting outside Gretchen's door. He has a long object in his hand. You see Gretchen enter the frame and the subject ambushes her. He muffles her screams and forces her into the garage. Then you can hear her screaming and a struggling taking place. You hear Gretchen yell, Alexa, turn on the garage light. There was a lot that wasn't captured on video, but there was also a lot of video that police won't release due to how graphic it is. Next, you hear Gretchen yell, Alexa, call 911. She's saying it over. She's screaming it. Her Alexa device didn't call 911 because apparently you have to have a certain setting turned on for Alexa to alert emergency services. And this is a big um warning here for that we can learn from. Those of you who have Alexa devices need to make sure that this setting is turned on if you want to be able to use it in the event of an emergency and you need to get a hold of emergency services. Gretchen, like 99% of us, didn't know that the setting had to be turned on in order for Alexa to alert emergency services. As I'm like replaying this and saying it out loud, I'm getting kind of nervous that my Google device is now calling 911 because I've said call 911 a bunch of times. The worst part for me is Gretchen's screams of Alexa, call 911, were getting softer and softer to the point where they were just spoken words and then whispers, Alexa, call 911. That is just so sad and heartbreaking to picture her calling out for help. 
They finally get a good shot of the killer's face looking at the camera. And sure enough, that person is David Anthony. They see him standing next to her body. The police in New Mexico are alerted that now David is wanted for murder. But remember, they had to let him go. So he's walking around New Mexico since his truck is impounded and they hope they're able to find him. They are checking homeless shelters and public places. He's not hard to miss because he's six foot seven. On March 31st, 2020, David is arrested at a convenience store. His dog, Kobe, is taken to an animal shelter. And just to skip ahead, because I know you dog lovers are probably interested in what happened to Kobe, the adorable husky, he ended up getting adopted by a loving family and is free and living his best life. David asks why he's under arrest, and they tell him it's for murder. Well, who did I murder? The police tell him we'll discuss it back at the station. There he is interrogated for hours. I listened to some of the interrogation. The guy is like a brick wall. He isn't backing down. He says he's innocent. He also says Gretchen is alive and in the hospital. The detectives aren't backing down either. They tell him, we have video of you murdering her. We don't, you know, we don't have you here to prove whether or not you're innocent. We need to know where her body is. That's all they care about at this point is just finding her body. David still isn't cracking, though. They know David cares for Gretchen's 12-year-old daughter. He was her stepdad for years. So the police go to Jeff, her dad's house. It's like 2 a.m. They ask if they can wake the girl up and if she can record an audio clip to play for David. In the audio clip, the girl asks David to please help them find her mom. Just tell us where she is. I miss her and I miss you. Just tell us where my mom is. I love you. The clip is brought back to the interrogation room and David is emotional to hear it, but again stands firm that Gretchen is alive and in the hospital. The police yell that they have video of him murdering her. Again, he's just a brick wall. David is charged with second degree murder and taken to jail. It's now December 2020. David negotiates a deal with prosecutors. He'll confess to murdering Gretchen and even tell them where the body is. The deal was that he wouldn't get life in prison. As much as her family wanted to see him spend the rest of his life in prison, they were willing to settle in order to bring Gretchen's body home. David confesses that he murdered Gretchen. He tells the police where he buried her and he is given 38 years. They find Gretchen wrapped in a blanket three miles from her home in a wooded area behind a nursing home near a Walmart. Investigators determine that she died of stab wounds to her neck and her torso. The, her death was a slow one and took place over 15 minutes, which makes sense. Remember, a neighbor heard her screaming through this period of time, which was about 15 minutes. In court, David apologized for his actions, claiming he was scared of the pandemic and so on, and that's what led him to do what he did. Gretchen's family did not hold back while he was reading his apology. They yelled out and interrupted him and told him he will never be forgiven by God. In court, he said, Men live by their illusions, and my illusions saw COVID-19 as an end-of-the-world prophecy, an Armageddon I felt compelled to escape, no matter the cost. When actions become detached from consequences, that's when madness occurs. Is there anything I can say that will comfort a girl who's lost her mother? Suddenly, a voice from the back of the courtroom yells out, No. 
My heart is with all of Gretchen's family, her friends, and her ex-husband, Jeff, and especially her young daughter, who is 13 now. Thank goodness Gretchen had people in her life that were intuitive and realized something was wrong right away. David could have been out of the country if they had just waited a few more days. David will be 81 years old when he's released from prison. Rest in peace, Gretchen. That's it for this week, and I'll see you all again soon. Take care, and much love to you all.